Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah, welcome in. It is Friday, even though it doesn't totally feel like Friday with the Cardinals still not playing till Monday. But it is Friday, Wolf. If you're driving around right now, it's I, yeah, Friday. I was going to say, speak for yourself, Luke. <laughs> it's still a Friday. It feels like a Friday to me right now. Yes, I understand. We're sitting around. We're waiting the football universe. We're all going to sit there and wait for Monday night. As a player, I can tell you, I, I, oh, oh, I hated playing on Monday night. I did. You hated playing or you hated waiting? I hated waiting. Okay. And because of that, I, I honestly, I, I love the early starts. Whenever we'd go to the East Coast, man, here we go. It wasn't like I always played well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just for the record. But you had fun. It wasn't like I always played well, but I loved it because here we go. You got up and oh man, here we go. Let's go ball out right now. It felt, it felt like you were playing at 10 o'clock in the morning for the most part. Yeah. Um, but I will say, waiting around for a Sunday night game or a Monday night game, boy, that was just brutal. Worst thing in the world was sitting there in your hotel room, and you know that you should be playing. You know that it's go time. What are we doing? And yet, you're sitting around waiting. And back when I played, too. Stop it. Back when I played, I hate saying that, <laughs> but it's the truth. Nine o'clock start for Monday night football on the East Coast. Nine o'clock start. So you're getting nothing out of Tuesday. Tuesday's a throwaway, too, for the next week. No doubt about it, Luke. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It was a throwaway, especially if you're on the road, and we were always on the road whenever we played. Um, I'll never forget my rookie year, 1985, Jim Hannafin. There it is. Jim Hannafin was our head coach. We were playing the Washington uh, Redskins at the time, and, man, he's sitting around waiting all day for the Monday night football game. Absolutely brutal nine o'clock at night <laughs> what yeah it just you've got to be kidding yeah, me that's the i'm a night person and that would still be like right. at a certain point you're still kind of waiting around to oh. start your day at nine o'clock at night but the game was always after midnight it was into the next morning yeah that's yeah that i don't know something i mean i i get that nba teams and nhl and baseball games are seven hours so they do it often but for football that just seems weird <laughs> We're very weird. It was very brutal right now, but honestly, this is this is going to be a long weekend just waiting for the Cardinals Rams. This is going to be the this is a five star game. Uh, foreshadowing for later Indeed. on in the show when we do five star games. Real quick, the uh, the game last night. We're going to get more into it later on, but uh, <laughs> was that not the most Pittsburgh game and the most Minnesota game in the sense that the Steelers kind of didn't show up for the first three quarters and then woke up and almost came back and Minnesota showed up for the first three quarters and they were like well we're done we'd love to play the fourth that's never come back to bite us before yeah I just can't believe how horrible the Pittsburgh Steelers played in the first half it was uh, it was almost three quarters it was almost three quarters their offense was horrific um, it was funny because in the compound I was sitting there, I said, that is, that's just terrible. I said, terrible. Okay. And it was funny because Vetter James, of course, looked at me like terrible dad. And then <laughs> the warrior queen, the beautiful Miss Stephanie was like, are you kidding? Did you just say terrible? And I said, you know, listen, I haven't slept in three nights. Knock it off. Give me a break. 
And also the um, game was terrible. And yet it was terrible. It was. I, I, I came up with a new word. It was horrible and terrible all at the same time. <laughs> it was terrible. And you couldn't go with terrible because I feel like Charles Barkley stole that a while ago. So you had to go with terrible. Right, yeah. No doubt. Uh, the game, okay, for the Cardinals oh. now, is the focus has been, you know, what are you going to do in a home game? Set aside Monday Night Football for a second, although you can only set that part aside for a second because it's part of the equation, but they have been so much better on the road this season, and Byron Murphy talked about that yesterday. Uh, that's yeah, that's another big thing we, uh, we brought up in the team meeting. Uh, obviously, our record at home isn't where we want it to be like our away record is, but as I as I see it this week, we just got to make sure, like I said, every single day come out here and compete. And then I think Sunday, well, Monday comes. I think since we're home, we're just going to, you know, that momentum is going to carry over. We come out here every single day and just go even harder. Just, you know, just know like we're playing home. It's like another thing that we got to come out here and actually do is actually go home and play good. You got to be intentional, man. You got to be intentional. You got to talk about this thing. You know me, Luke. I, listen, there's a lot of people out there that are grave diggers for the most part. That's your right. I, I don't judge you. I certainly do not. If you, you've got something you don't want to talk about, that's fine. But, you know, special teams players, for the most part, we're all exhibitionists. <laughs> we are. Hey, look, everybody. Watch this man run down the field without any care in the world and launch himself into a 300-pound man. I, honestly, that's a, you've, you've got to have a little bit of something-something coming out of your si- the side of your neck to do that. We're all exhibitionists. And exhibitionists, for the most part, you're going to sit there and you're going to talk it out. You're not going to dig a grave, metaphorically speaking, and bury it. Oh, no. There's an issue we need to talk about here. Players only meeting. All right. (laughs) Players only. Now, listen, I didn't call players only meetings. Okay. I didn't do that. Bulls on parade. That's what it was, basically, for the most part. Don't get me sidetracked. But this is something you've got to talk about. You've got to talk about something that is obviously hindering your team. And what's hindering the Arizona Cardinals? They play much better on the road than they do at home. Why? That that question has got to be addressed, and it's got to be answered, and every player that goes out on that field at State Farm Stadium on Monday night has got to pop the mouth guard in and be intentional about his energy level and his intensity level and bringing it with a dark heart and a painted face. See, and, and this game is so unique because it is Monday night and because it's against the Rams. I go back and forth as to whether this is the perfect game to sort of launch you into playing better at home down the stretch because it should be pretty easy I to bring that, that focus. Notion. <laughs> well, you haven't heard the or yet. The or, though, is, is even if they go out there and play great on Monday night, does that mean it's solved that you're going to play great on a lazy Sunday afternoon against sort of a mediocre team? But you know what, though? As you said, the question will this, still hang out there, yes. Yeah, but there. I guess as I look at the schedule, there really aren't a lot more of those games anyway. I mean, we're getting towards the end of the season. So I do think if you can go out there and if you can play well at home on Monday night, yes, this is a unique game. But your last two home games are one is on Christmas Day, Christmas night against the Colts. Yeah. And one is against Seattle, which is always kind of Boy, a separate that Colts game. game. I guarantee you right now that is going to challenge the Arizona Cardinals. Blood that, Jonathan Taylor. That game is going to challenge the Arizona Cardinals. I, I expect that to be a bloodbath. Oh, I can't wait for that. Oh, I can't wait for that one right there. That's going to be nasty. That is going to be a challenge. It's going to be like somebody. Somebody walking right up to you and slapping you in the face. On Christmas. A Christmas face slapping. (laughs) Christmas Day.
I think what they used to do, uh, uh, dukes, of course, right, to royalty, uh, um, made men, ladies and gentlemen, back in the Middle Ages, as a matter of fact, and after it, the high renaissance, as a matter of fact, they used to take a glove, and if they threw it in front of you, threw it at your feet, it was like a slap in the face. Imagine that, Luke. You had a glove, and you would take the glove off, and you would do it in front of all these people. You would totally address the individual that you were looking at, staring them down. You would take the glove off, and it was it was a very methodical taking the glove off. And all these people would be looking at it, and suddenly you throw it at his feet. It was like a slap in the face. I always thought that was just from like the old cartoons. That no, they would do that. throw it at your feet. So this raises a lot of questions. Does this mean everybody wore gloves back then? Uh, for the most part, or would you have did. to put one on just to uh, pull well, it off? Uh, you know, the the royalty, of course, would walk around okay. because they didn't want germs. They didn't want that stuff. But they then, what if they got cold when they threw the glove? Back then. <laughs> they have a second glove on. <laughs> no, they, okay. are you kidding me? They well, took it off and threw it and let it be. They walked around with a bare hand. <laughs> That is sort of a nice badge of honor. The rest of the day, people are like, that guy, he wasn't happy with somebody earlier today. Look, he's got no glove on his left hand. See? Yeah. See? I'm learning that's, some things about history. That's not bad. <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say thought about that. is if they, um, if they can show up for the Rams game the way they've showed up on the road, this is the closest thing we're going to get to a playoff atmosphere until the playoffs actually begin because you got to figure the Cardinals' first playoff game is probably going to be at home. Probably. Yeah. So that's why this <laughs> is an hope. issue. That, that's, that's why people are concerned. It's like, well, wait, if you can only win on the road and you're about to get home field advantage for some of these games. Yeah. <laughs> no. You know what? The veteran leadership inside that locker room, they are addressing it. They're being intentional about it. I expect them to come out and be ready to ball. doesn't mean they're going to win because the Rams got a good team, too. They can, they can play well and not win. They yeah. can play the way they have on the road. <laughs> they're probably going to win I'm if sorry. they I'm sorry. It's going to come down to your quarterback. Ooh, ooh! Attention! You feel that? <laughs> let that hang. Let that hang in the air for a second. All right. Well, um, Matthew Stafford, are you listening, Matthew? You know the game is huge, big, <laughs> really big. Attention, Cardinals fans! Today is your last chance to win tickets to see that big game on Monday night. Just text Red to six twenty six twenty and listen for your name during the twelve thirty and four thirty parts of today to win two tickets. See the Cardinals take on the Rams. That's red to 620-620. Now, coming up next, we'll talk to Paul Calvisi. What is he going oh, to be no. focused Yeah, to start the show this oh. week? What's he going to be focusing on from those sidelines when the Cardinals take on the Rams? It is the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Charcuterie board. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Let's go! Presented by 72 Sold, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, it is a football Friday, and that means that we're going to be joined by Cardinals sideline reporter Paul Calvisi a little bit earlier in the show this week than usual, but he joins us now in the 72 Sold Sports Line. Polly, what's going on? Yeah, apparently, Wolf was just mailing it in right from the get-go today, so Maloney <laughs> got me in early. She she tried to head this one off at the pass, apparently, Luke. So, And by the way, zero tolerance over here. Okay, I'm a little salty this morning, so the first, oh, no. forehead, first forehead joke, I'm out of here. Okay, Bolly. First of all, everyone knows my forehead is ten times the size of yours. It doesn't matter because we're not talking about me. We're talking about you, Paul, and your forehead. 
So, so I had a roof repair. <laughs> I had a roof repair at Casa Galvisi. Oh, you had a roof repair, all right. No, I had it scheduled for this afternoon. So what happened last night? It rained like a mother for the first time in four months. <laughs> of course. Hash, hashtag, it can always get worse. Yeah, Polly. And then I learned this morning, Luke, the wife got, she reminded me she had tickets to some holiday Christmas pageant tonight, so I'm going to be sitting there for two hours, <laughs> some variety show. Oh, my goodness, just cutting into my Sierra Nevada time. So help me out here, Luke. Make this worth everybody's time. Uh, well, I'm going to try, but I will warn you, the first forehead joke happened well before you got on the air, so <laughs> we're already gone past that point. Polly, did the Sicilian ask for your hair to actually get the pots clean, too? You know, this would be a good time to bring up the fact that I got my results from the annual physical, and Luke, you can update the scoreboard. Okay. This is the eighth straight year that Pauly Pencilneck has topped Wolf in testosterone count. That's not true. Eighth straight year. I mean, we're talking juggernaut over here. Scoreboard, call Doc Cool. Next, what's the next question? Paul, get off the treadmill. Um, all right, with the game on Monday night, we just played a clip of uh, Byron Murphy, and we've got some of Kyler Murray, too, talking about the need to play at home the way they play on the road. And it's funny, earlier in the season, it's like, okay, maybe that's just a coincidence. But, Polly, now we've seen this team look really, really good seven times on the road and just kind of look okay at home. What actions can they actually take to fix that? Because in the playoffs, they're probably going to be playing home games. Yeah, uh, here's the deal, at least to me. This this is my psychoanalysis of this team. They love a challenge. And it's automatically a challenge when you go on the road. Mm-hmm. It's AZ against everybody, right? And this team just reacts to that. I, here's to, there is a different energy on the road. And finally, they've admitted it this week. So what's the first step to solving a problem? Admitting you have a problem. But now that is the challenge. Can you play home at well at home? Can you be dominant at home? Can you play well in primetime because they did not the first time around the only glimpse the nation has of the Arizona Cardinals in primetime was a lackluster Mm. game they probably arguably could have should have won at the very end obviously a miscommunication away from winning that game but you're talking about Kyler and that game had zero touchdown passes and two interceptions and so those are the challenges at hand right now and this team to date, has reacted very well when you put a challenge in front of them. A, can you play well at home? Can you be dominant at home? B, can you go out and play well in prime time? So we'll see. Paulie, speaking of challenges right now, and I know that, again, you're a sideline reporter. You're not an analyst. But as a challenge goes, um, who do you think is going to win this game, Paul? (laughs) Look, um, what I saw the first time around uh, was a Cardinals team that dominated the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald had the worst pass rushing grade of his career. Hello. And I haven't seen Von Miller be all that much of a difference maker. Three games, he has eight tackles and no sacks. So, as far the Cardinals' old line can, you know, dominate that game. And then, in terms of the defense, look, this Cardinals' defense will tackle. And, and we, I talked about this earlier in the week. It's amazing what happens when everybody is willing to tackle. There's been an addition by subtraction on this defense this year. And you might have saw a little bit of it last night. Oh, boy. <laughs> and it's what just, are you talking about, Paul? Yeah, there, there's something more contagious than COVID. And it's the dude on the defense or multiple guys not willing to tackle. Because at yeah. some point, everyone else says, well, if he's not willing to be the first line of defense and stick his beak in there, why should I? <laughs> and so it, that's what I like about this team. 
Cooper Cup came into that game in week four, leading the NFL in every receiving category. Dude was a non-factor. He had five catches on 13 targets. This time around, Cooper Cup comes in, leading the NFL in virtually every receiving category. Byron Murphy and company. We'll see how that goes for Sean McVay. But here's the difference. If you believe what you've seen on film, and Wolfie watched the film and talking to some of the players, they've gone back to the Todd Gurley days. It's almost as if Sean McVay said, you know what, we've lost three in a row. Uh, hurry, we better do something going into Jacksonville. He looked over the block wall in the NFC West into the Cardinals' backyard onto Cliff Kingsbury's laminated play sheet and said, oh, guess what? Cliff's running the ball. 35 run plays, 15 passes at Chicago. Some of that necessitated by the weather, obviously. But they went back to the run game, came out in the first series against Jacksonville in a jumbo set with an extra Mm. offensive lineman and started pounding the ball between the tackles with Sonny Michelle, who, by the way, was breaking tackles. If you're asking me what what I fear from Game 1 to Game 2 in the rematch, it's Sonny Michelle being that power back and not going down in first contact because that kind of running back has obviously given the Cardinals problems this year. Talking to Paul Calvisi, uh, Paulie, this is Kyler Murray's second Monday night football game ever. He seems to have that mentality where he's gonna he has the ability to step up in games like this and the mentality where he's not gonna like try to do too much or it's gonna become too big of a moment. But what has he been like this week heading towards this game? And, and I guess the second part of that question, did you see enough from him, even in that crazy weather, to feel confident that he's 100% and good to go? You know, I texted the football gods, okay? here, here and, and, and they're still indignant over that first series in Chicago. It's fourth and two at your own 20. And think of the situation right there. Think of the conditions with the wind howling and the freezing rain blowing sideways and the quarterback hasn't played in a month and his star receiver has played less over the last month and they're going for it all on fourth and two. (laughs) Think of the audacity of it all and how you offended the football gods, Luke. And they went for it. And that was probably his best pass of the game, maybe one of his best passes of the season. So for him to do that out of the gates, I think that... That just uh, eased any any question as to whether he was ready to go, ready to play. And and I tell you, his legs look fresh to me. Uh, at field level, I'm like, wow, he's he's got a burst. Forget the ankle injury. So we all know what he did to the Rams first time around. Third and 16, he runs for 18. And there was a collective groan that just came out of the stands at SoFi Stadium. And now you put the fact that he didn't play so well against the Green Bay Packers in the last nationally televised game. And if he really has designs on winning the MVP – Guys, he doesn't have to play well in each of the reigning five games, but he's got to play really well on Monday night, and he's got to play really well on Christmas night. you got to hit the national media guys over the head with it and idiot-proof it for them, for them to realize that he's a legitimate MVP contender. So if he goes out and he throttles the Rams in primetime on Monday night, and I think he realizes this. It's sort of like the Heisman, right? He, he played his best in those big showcase games on national TV And if he has designs on that trophy this year, then guess what? Uh, Monday night is mandatory. Paulie, I know it's difficult for you to see when coaches are trying to use your forehead for a grease board on the sideline. But That's it. I'm coming down there. (laughs) Tell tell Connie to activate my key card. Paul, tell me, what's your biggest concern for both teams? (laughs) My biggest concern... 
Are you kidding me? I just say, Paulie, what is your, I mean, honestly, what's your biggest for concern teams? for bowl okay. teams if you if, analyze this? If I'm the Rams, my biggest concern is how do I tackle James Conner? Okay. Because, you know, I argued earlier, just to stir it up a little bit, how can Kyler Murray be the NFL MVP when James Conner is the Cardinals team MVP? He He's not just a playmaker with 14 touchdowns, right? He, he's a mindset he has changed the Cardinals' minds. You heard DJ Humphreys last night in the Big Red Rage, did you not, Ron Wolfley, when he's talking about, I, I consider myself a self-starter, and, and this guy is just infectious and contagious. So yes. when he's jack-stopping tacklers in the open field and he comes to the sideline and he flexes in front of the defense and screams, who's with me, um, that's the that sort ball. of bully ball that is the difference in this Cardinals team versus a year ago. And if I'm the Rams, I haven't seen a real physical team. On either side of the ball, if I'm the Rams, so uh, they got to match that. As for the Cardinals, once again, it's Sony Michelle, and it's if you know McVeigh has success going back to that mm-hmm. Todd Gurley type offense, then uh, look out because for the first time, to my recollection, when Cliff Kingsbury was asked, "What's on your to-do list? What's on the checklist? You're ten and two. You're seven and zero on the road. You're four and zero in the division." He said two things: one, the obligatory, "Well, we haven't played the complete game. We got to clean it up and have an efficiency for all four quarters." And then number two, what did he say? The chunk runs. He cited that for the first time: the run defense. So yes, that mm-hmm. is definitely a concern. Paul Calvisi, give you a Great ton of credit, stop, man. Paulie. You come back every week and you just fight through it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, if the Cardinals gap discipline, you know, it's it's got to be better than Wolf on the team plane. His discipline with all the peanuts, and he had a traumatic experience this last plane flight home from Chicago, <laughs> oh, Luke. I'm, Paul, and I told that's him, all I right. Wanted, hey, we got to go. He's Paul, eating the cashews. Seriously, he's eating the honey off. roasted peanuts. Hey. I mean, he's eating the peanut MMs. I told him that, what's going to happen, Paul. and you know, it's his fault. It's his fault. So, have a great weekend, Luke. Uh, you <laughs> Thanks, are the worst. That's yeah, uh, Paul Calvisi joining <laughs> it us. It can always the, get worse. Oh, on the Paul, 72 cut sold his microphone off, Rick. I think he's gone. Get your price at 72sold.com. Uh, um, well, that was uh, eventful as always. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, the Suns are back at it tonight, finally, against the Celtics after three days off. Did they make the most out of that break? We'll tell you next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. FM, Arizona's Sports Station. A Friday night fish fry. A Friday night date night at Ocean 44 that sets you back half a paycheck. Wolf and Luke. I'm the fish fry. That's fine. You can be the fish fry. Apparently. Yeah. (laughs) You want to be the cashmere sweater, too? Yes. A lot of cash Luke is hanging out in Scottsdale on a Friday night. Oh, not this Friday night. This Friday night will be Glendale. Yeah. The Scottsdale of the... No, never mind. I'm out not getting West. water for my kids. That's me. I'm water boy now. <laughs> I took down 300 pounders. Now I get water for my kids. What, how do you... Why do you have to go get water, like, Don't worry about it, Luke. Seriously, nobody cares. <laughs> well, nobody so wants to hear now, the story. Now just I kind of want to know. Well, right. you know what? At night, when I go in and say good night, yep. okay... Dad, could you give me a glass of water? Oh, that's okay. okay. That's, that's right. a lot more. I, I thought it was like, Dad, can you go down to the lake and get us different water? We don't want this <laughs> bottled water. That's what you made it sound like. Like you were hunting and There's gathering There's more to water. the story, but we okay. have broadcasting. Today. Oh, all right. Let's well, never stop this before. All right. Uh, Monty Williams from practice yesterday. The Suns, not only have they not had a game the last few nights, been since Monday, they'll play tonight, but Monty Williams actually gave them, Wolf, not just one day off. 
two days off, which for Monty Williams is like unheard of during a season. I thought the guys were energized. Uh, probably the first time in my coaching career where I've given two days off. Um, but I felt like we needed it. I felt like the guys needed to get away. I felt like the coaches needed to get away from me. <laughs> and uh, they came in pretty juiced today. You know, our guys have played a lot of basketball. Especially our group that's been here for three years. That, that's they've played a lot of basketball. And uh, sometimes I think you need to fill your cup, you know, get away. This How do you is feel the, about that? This is the stuff that he's good at. Yes. To know that little adjustment that two days off in the middle of the season could make all the difference in the world. And I have to think as players, I, the, the most impressive part of that streak to me was the 15 wins in 26 days. They went 15-0 and 0 in the middle of the streak. Wow. I have to think as a player, wow. you can push through that. Not in the sense that like, hey, we got to get through this game. It's not like that. You got to win the game. So it's not, you're not getting through it. You know what I mean? Like there, there, are, everybody knows this at your job. Like there are days where you're just trying to get through your job and there are days where you're trying to like do something at your job so if you're an NBA team you got to win those games they didn't just get through 15 games they won the games I have to think somewhere in the back of their mind they're like you know what though we'll get a break our coaching staff is smart about this when we have a couple days we'll actually get a couple days and that could mean everything in an 82 game season after what they just did Wolf some of the best rock tunes you're ever going to hear some of the best grunge songs you're ever going to hear came from Nirvana ladies and gentlemen and Kurt Cobain totally understood one thing contrast how important contrast was we're going to go ahead and we're going to blow your face off and then we're going to bring it down we're going to bring it down and then we're going to blow your face off again and then we're going to bring it down contrast he understood how important that was what made a great song and what is good in life as well is a little contrast Sometimes you need separation from work, do you not, my brothers? You need that separation from work. Yeah, you you love being with the, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that because you don't always love everybody in the locker room. You you Sometimes you don't like everybody in the locker room, especially when you brawled them in training camp a couple of times. That's awkward. But it's, it's very awkward. But yeah. You mostly do love, you mostly do love being with your dudes, but you got to get away from work. It's the work you got to get away from, too. A little contrast, a little separation. So I'm, I'm doing the math in my head here very quickly. Basically, in the last 16 months and change, okay, the Suns have played 126 games. That's a lot of basketball. Wow. Then that's not because that's the start of the bubble was July 31st of wow. 2020. And so from July 31st, 2020 to December, you know, take it back a couple of days, December 6th of uh, of 2021, they played 126 games. That's a lot of basketball. Okay. And some of those were really high leverage games because every game in the bubble, they treated like it, we got to go undefeated to make the playoffs. They, they went undefeated, didn't make the playoffs because some of it was out of their hands. But those were high leverage games. Obviously, all the playoff games last year, 22 of those. And uh, they just went on an 18 game winning streak in case you missed that. So that's. That's a lot of basketball, and that speaks to the point that you're making and that Monty Williams made of, you know what, maybe like two days away is just something yeah. we need. Even if you like everybody, just maybe two days away from 
having to play basketball, even yes. though these guys love basketball. You know what I mean? Take two days away and see how you come back. <laughs> you know out what of I mean? It. You know I like what the I mean? way you hear. You know what I'm talking about? It's because of that I DeAndre. Like the way you said it right there. It's, it's because of the DA Bada Bing quote from yeah, yesterday. Yeah, okay, uh, the Bada Bing. It's got you right there. You know what? Uh, this is it's good for Devin Booker, isn't it? When I hear you say the amount of games that they've played and the amount of days, when I hear you speak on that, he's I played think, more. I think of Devin Booker because of that, mm-hmm. because he's played more. <laughs> this is not the worst thing that could happen to Devin Booker, is it? No, I mean, I don't like that it's a hamstring issue because he's had them in the past, but that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean that they're going to keep recurring. But it's a lot better than some type of joint injury, True. if you ask me. Yeah, I'll no, take you're right. Hamstring. I'll take that soft tissue any day. And it's not the worst thing to happen to the Suns because they don't need him right now. Now, this is Chris Paul uh, talking about what he did during his days off. Hit a few golf balls. Uh, just got to watch games, lift a little bit, and a chance to sort of miss the gym a little bit. See, I always feel like Chris Paul in his days off just films like eight more commercials. Yeah. But this is the, the quote that really was interesting to me, Wolf. That more from Chris Paul uh, talking about just, you know, a couple of days off makes it feel great to be back at practice again. Man, it's great. It's great. Um, we always talk about it, man. We're together more than we with our own families. You know what I mean? So, um, when you get back together after a couple of days like that, like I still seen some of the guys the other day. Kale came over my house yesterday. We still see each other, you know, but it's good. It's good for a team like us to, to get that and then get back in here and get ready for tomorrow. Yes. Get that separation right there. Get that contrast. Isn't that right, Kurt Cobain? Get that contrast and that separation. And the fact Mikel Bridges, of all the guys, I, I I love Mikel, and I love him because of how he goes about his business on the floor. And the fact that he's he seems joyful. Tis the season, is it not, Luke? Tis the season. We talk about joy a lot, Basin Onions, do we not? Joy this time of year. And how joyful so many family reunions, so many families being rejoined once again, and and how awesome that is. And Mikel Bridges plays basketball with joy. He does, and I think that's a, a real interesting quote right there from Chris Paul. You know, you have Monty Williams saying, "Hey, may, maybe everybody just needs a little bit of a break from each other." We all, you know, we're, we're all, that team basically is like a family. We saw that last year, and you hear Chris Paul say it, and he's like, "Yeah, but I still saw Mikel yesterday." You know, I'm not going to go house. two days without seeing these guys. <laughs> Probably came over and asked him if he had any, you know, what kind of cereal you have here. <laughs> Mikel Bridges crunch just showing up at your door. But look, there are teams around this league and other sports where you can tell. These guys, the second the game ends, second practice is over, a lot of them don't want to be around each other. Yes. And I really think it is a huge part of why the Suns had so much success last year. I think you're right. And why with basically the same group, they're having success again this year. All right, coming up, the best of the best five-star games from this weekend. That is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Five-star 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 games 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 the NFL's best games as predicted by Ron Wolfley and Luke Lipinski powered by FanDuel Sportsbook yeah it is time for some five-star games 
And uh, just to be clear, that game last night was not a five-star game, although the fourth quarter was highly entertaining between the Steelers and the Vikings. But the first three quarters were not. Unless, Wolf, and I'm assuming this was you, you had Dalvin Cook in your fantasy football league. Uh, as a matter of fact, I did not uh, have Dalvin Cook, and fantasy football is ruining the game, Luke. Thank you. Okay, so you don't even have a fantasy football team to have Dalvin Cook on. Uh, I say ruining the game. Uh, it's uh, It's been ruining the game for a while, but... Um, Looking ahead to this weekend, Wolf, uh, I have two pretty clear five-star games really? in mind. Yeah, so here, let's let's hit the sounder for number one. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. You want to go first or you want me to go first? You go first. I'm going to go first with the game, uh, the Sunday, I guess it's Sunday afternoon, Bills-Buccaneers. So the Buffalo Bills, who are pretty desperate for wins at this point, just had to face Bill Belichick and got, like, the full Bill Belichick experience. Three passes in an absolute windstorm at home for Buffalo on Monday night. And Sean McDermott already didn't seem real happy about the idea of giving Bill Belichick credit. Now he has to go face Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. And in two weeks, he's got to face Bill Belichick again. And again, the Bills are 7-5. and five. They're currently the 7 seed in the AFC. Half game up over the Colts, who I think the Colts are a pretty good football team. Yeah, I also had the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well as a five-star game. And most of it is just because I was so curious to see if, in fact, the Buccaneers started running the ball. (laughs) You know, I've been talking an awful lot about run rate, run rate, and how important that is. And we all know that B.A., of course, Bruce Arians, ladies and gentlemen, Um, His offense is largely predicated on attacking the line of scrimmage, attacking the line of scrimmage, attacking the line of scrimmage, and then using play action to throw the ball in rundown situation. He's got the quintessential quarterback of all time to do that in Tom Brady. And yet they are number 32, number 32 in the National Football League in run rate, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yet watch how many times they still use play action to throw the ball. It's truly, truly incredible. Number 32, they run it in the low 30s, Luke. 31, 32% of the time, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So now are you telling me that Bill Bill Belichick exposed the Buffalo Bills? Will Bruce Arians pick up on that and attack the Buffalo Bills the way that Bill Belichick did? I I don't know. I didn't even think of that on Monday night. But you're right, that's definitely something to watch in this game because it would be kind of going away from what the Buccaneers do really well. But Leonard Fournette's been running a lot better lately at a 100-yard game and three touchdowns on the ground against the Colts two weeks ago, and he's got two through the air the last two weeks. Uh, They're probably going to throw more than three times, but you're right. If I'm B.A., I'm at least the first couple drives I'm running to see if Buffalo has fixed that because it's not like the Patriots have... Jonathan Taylor back there. They've got some good running backs, but it's more of kind of a a committee, and yet they were able to run all over the Bills. Uh, All right, second five-star game. Number two. I'm assuming you have this one, Wolf. But I can say it if you want. No, go ahead. All right, how about the the LA Rams at the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, that's it right there. Five-star game. Why do you like it? I mean, this is one of those games where if you're Monday night football, if if you're doing that broadcast, you're like, okay, this is... Got, we got a great game last week, even though it probably didn't play well aesthetically with the, uh, the, the the weather and everything and the low scoring. But that was a great game going in. There's a lot on the line. Bills, Patriots. Now you have it 
the other way, sort of. That was northeast. Here you go southwest. That was defense and cold weather and nastiness. This is probably going to be offense indoors and a lot of high scoring. But, uh, you know, it's it's still a great football game, and it's something that directly impacts the top of the playoff race in the NFC, not just locally, but across the board. Yeah, the dichotomies here I love. I absolutely love this matchup right here. I consider it a five-star game for the record once again. Yes, indeed. The Rams come to town to play the Arizona Cardinals, and the biggest dichotomy overall is the fact the Rams have Matthew Stafford as their quarterback. Would you say Matthew Stafford is a grizzled veteran at this point of his career? Say yes. I think he's aged a lot in the last month, <laughs> okay. to be honest. Wait a minute. I mean, he's 13 years in the league right yes. now. He's, he's grizzled. Yeah, no, he's grizzled. He's Look, a grizzled veteran. 12 right years there. with Detroit will grizzle anyone. <laughs> he was As a matter of fact, that, that's right. In. And I can laugh at that, ladies and gentlemen, because I never played in a playoff game, just so you know. At least Matthew Stafford played in three, three while he was with the Detroit Lions. I never played in any in 10 years. What a loser. But can I tell you right now, the biggest difference, Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray, once again. Kyler Murray, this massive reputation growing up. Can you really go all the way back to high school? Can can that carry over into a game that he's going to play in front of a grateful nation on Monday night against the Rams? Division rival, division foe, Sean McVay. We all understand Sean McVay and how he's owned the Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury until the last game, until October 3rd happened, and it did happen. The dichotomies are clear in this one, and who is going to win? I cannot wait. The anticipation for this game, we are the Wu Fang Clan in the Wolfley compound, just stumbling around, mumbling to ourselves. <laughs> I can't wait for Monday night. Can't wait for Monday night. Can't wait for Monday night. I, I, the, the anticipation, it's Christmas morning. That's the anticipation. Even if you take the Cardinals' angles out of it, just the combined record of 18-6 and six this late in the season, the, uh, the the coaching matchup between Sean McVay and Cliff Kingsbury, uh, this has got to be the first time that Cliff Kingsbury has gone into a, a showdown with Sean McVay where people are like, you know what? We like Cliff's team better. That hasn't happened yet. And yet the Rams, you know, I feel like I know what we're going to get from the Cardinals. The Rams, I have no idea at this point. Because if they go out there and if the Rams come in to State Farm Stadium and win that game, okay, they're right back in this. The division race is back on. The Cardinals have a one-game lead. They'll still probably have the tiebreaker because of their division record, but it's a race down the stretch. If the Cardinals win, that's it pretty much for the NFC West. But also, if you're the Rams, you're not like a lock to even make the playoffs. Mm. Now, they're 8-5. and five. They probably still would. But don't you have to sort of question if something's wrong with the Rams? That would be four out of five they've lost yes. at that point. Yes, you would have to ask that question. And guess who knows that? Sean McVay and the Rams. Matthew Stafford. <laughs> Matthew Stafford. If you were again. playing, you'd be oh, telling Oh, boy, the wheels are falling off, aren't they, Matthew? My goodness, what's happened? The last three, three of the last four games you played in. And does Jacksonville really count, Matthew? Who are you? The world wants to know. Oh, man, I, I'd be talking so much trash if I were Chandler Jones and again, you can do it in a very Philip Rivers kind of way where you don't need to use profanity, my young crunk brothers. You don't. Just go ahead and remind him how big of a game this is. 
and that your your teammates and your entire organization they're all looking at you because you're the franchise quarterback. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you just kind of oh be like, goodness. "Hey, Matthew, this isn't the Lions anymore. This team expects to win." A I Super would. Bowl. Oh my goodness, yes, that's good, Luke. Right there, that's not bad. Uh, yeah, it, it, you, also for the Cardinals, you'd love a pick six because he's thrown three of those in the last four games too, just to kind of drive the point home. You, you, if I'm the Cardinals, I want to not only win, I want the Rams doubting themselves going forward. And yeah. I don't think Sean McVay is going to. I don't think Von Miller is going to. But to your point on Matthew Stafford, maybe you can just put a little more doubt in there of like, hey, you got some work to do before you're ready for the playoffs. The whispers, I believe, are real. Now we'll see because this is going to be a huge game. A huge this this might be the biggest regular season game Matthew Stafford has played in. Yeah, and you consider the pressure and the you spotlight. Know, I mean, when you're with the Detroit Lions base and earnings, there's not a lot of people that really care. It's kind of like me when I played with the St. Louis Cardinals. Wasn't a lot of people that were really interested. Or invested in the St. Louis Cardinals at that point in time when I was playing for them. Okay, so I can tell you right now, I know exactly what it feels like. You know, you're going to go play with the Detroit Lions and everyone, for the most part, they're going to pat your head and say, oh, that was a, okay, good job. See you later. This is, this is the Los Angeles Rams right now. Super Bowl expectations coming into this season. Super Bowl expectations. What are you going to do about it, Matthew? Coming up, who's Cliff Kingsbury's pick for Coach of the Year? We'll find out next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.